You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Before we get started, we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog where we've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons during our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I also write for the LA Football Network, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked on Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Hope everyone had a great weekend. A special thank you to anyone checking out the show today for the first time. And another thank you to all of our loyal fans checking back in with us again. And today, since we didn't get to talk about it last week, we wanted to talk about Rookie Minicamp because we got to hear from Brandon Staley. We got to hear from the first three draft picks for the Chargers in the 2021 class. Rashawn Slater, Asante Samuel Jr., and also Josh Palmer. So we're going to talk about just kind of some general observations that we took away from Rookie Minicamp, even though most of it went over over the weekend and they didn't really allow any media access. We just wanted to talk about Brandon Staley's thoughts on it, you know, KJ Costello being at the camp and kind of why they did that, as well as Josh Palmer and Asante Samuel Jr. staying after practice to go against each other. Rashawn Slater already teaching other rookies how to play offensive line in the NFL. So I thought there were some good observations from that. And then to wrap up the show, we're going to get into more NFL schedule talk because we're going to talk about the must-watch game for the Chargers in 2021. The Athletic did a roundtable of all their beat writers to pick the must-watch games for the season, and the Chargers from Daniel Popper was the Kansas City Chiefs Week 3. So we'll get into that matchup as well as our pick for what we think is the must-watch matchup for the Chargers in 2021. So let's go ahead and get into it. David, when the Chargers do their rookie minicamps, I mean, you're not really looking to take too much away from it. I mean, in this case, it's only a couple of days we did see all of the Chargers rookies go to it, so that was nice to see. But you can't really get a lot that you would potentially get out of training camp as far as position battles and all of those things. But what we did get to see was these guys out on the field in action for the first time. We got to hear Brandon Staley talk about you know his coaches and how they want to coach and all of those things. And I think when you're talking about rookie minicamp, what you're mostly getting out of it is showing up to the field getting to know these coaches, building those relationships, and trying to very basically install a lot of concepts. And we heard that from Josh Palmer and Asante Samuel Jr. Like, these guys are just trying to learn, and that's one of the things that they're really focusing on at rookie minicamp more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, this is an environment where they just want people to get comfortable with their new surroundings. They want them to know their their new coaches. They want to know their support staff, the sports, you know, the conditioning, the strength and conditioning guys, the PR people. They want to get them comfortable with where they need to go, what just the flow of the NFL life is going to be for them. I think that's really the important part of rookie minicamp is just getting these guys acclimated to life at the NFL level. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the other things that you heard coming out of there is basically everyone was doing special teams at one point or another. And for a lot of these guys, most of them will be on a special teams unit if they end up making the team. So I thought that was a big part of it. And I think what Brandon Staley had to say about it was pretty interesting because he was talking about his coaches 
and just how they have to be competitive as well as coaches, right? And how he saw out there all of the things he wanted to bring in in these coaches as far as teaching the fundamentals, building these relationships with the other coaches since they were all brought on a few months ago. And all of those things seem to be on display, according to Brandon Staley, who was highlighting all of their teachings. But he also talked about just for the first time, being able to be involved with everything was one of his favorite parts about minicamp, being able to touch in on the defensive side with Derek Ansley and Ronaldo Hill and do those things that he probably did a lot last year as a defensive coordinator. But it wasn't just that. It was going to the offense, checking in on the offense, and kind of having a hand in that. And he seemed especially excited about being able to be very hands-on with the kicking game, or also known as the special teams. Yeah, he's like, hey, I'll, I like to stick around the secondary because that's kind of where I started. That's where, uh, you know, kind of my niche is in the NFL. And But he said he loved the fact that he can go around and kind of have an impact and buzz around to all phases of the team. I mean, before he was a defensive coordinator and then a linebacker's coach, secondary. So that's kind of where he stayed. But as now as the head coach, he loves the fact that he can go walk around and be involved in every aspect of the team because he's talked about at length how he wants to have balance on all three phases, on offense, defense, special teams. He has an idea of what they want them to look like. And now as the coach, as the main guy, as the head coach, he can buzz around all over the place and put his fingerprints and his impressions on the entire team instead of just one specific aspect. And one of the big parts about being the head coach is having an understanding about your team and knowing where extra work is needed, right? So for the Chargers who are coming off of a terrible special team season, it's something he has talked about absolutely nonstop during this offseason. I mean, he seems to always find a way. You love that, though. You love it. Of course. I mean, he always ties everything into the kicking game, and you know it's a priority for this coaching staff. Obviously, the execution, we'll have to wait and see how that goes down, right? But you just want it to be acknowledged that it's a problem, right? And then you can fix it. So... I think for him, being the head coach, knowing that he, that might be where he's needed most right now with some of these guys, I think is important. And I think it's just great to see him trying to find the hidden value that's found in special teams, the better field position, the points created because of all the things that happen with punts or kicking field goals or even kickoffs. I mean, there's so much there. It's good to see that they're focusing on it. But the other thing I thought was interesting too is just It was a very light practice, David, and I think that works in two ways. Safety was obviously the number one concern there, which you love to see. And the other thing he kind of emphasized was just when you don't have all the pads on and everything, then you can just kind of go and focus on that, focus on learning, focus on getting everything right, making sure you're lined up in the correct spot. That's easier to do when you're kind of just doing it, no pads and not just trying to be over aggressive. Yeah, and I think he emphasized multiple times that he wants this to be a learning environment, both for the players and for the coaches. They want the coaches to learn the players, learn how they communicate, how they learn best, so that they can coach them appropriately. I think this is a great environment for them, like I said before, to learn the NFL level, but also learn their coaches and learn what it's supposed to look like at the NFL level. This is a great opportunity for them in rookie minicamp to just get that base level of information the the difference in language get that kind of hammered out get that that early um, ad- advantage if you will so that when they get to training camp they can hit the ground running 
Yeah, that has to be a huge part of it. I mean, me personally, I'd like to see them just get out there and start doing Oklahoma drills and see who really <laughs> has what it takes. No, I mean, I think at this point, you should be focused on keeping all of these guys healthy, right? And I mean, rookie minicamp means different things for different people. So, like, if one of these guys gets hurt, that could be the end of their NFL dream, right? A lot of these guys, yeah. I would say. So, I mean... Just wanting to make sure that they're getting these guys ready so that they can best evaluate them when the pads do come on. I think it is something that is a valuable trait that Brandon Staley is bringing to this team. But one of the other things that stuck out was that the Chargers ended up bringing in K.J. Costello, who spent time at Mississippi State and at Stanford at the collegiate level. And he's also a rookie. He came into camp. And what Brandon Staley had to say about him was that they wanted a guy who could operate in the camp and be able to showcase what he can do and a guy that could really throw the ball to our skill players, a guy that we felt we could get really good work in with. We felt like he had the pedigree that we were looking for, and we will see where it goes moving forward. So I think a lot of people saw this signing and thought maybe, you know, Easton Stick in trouble as far as a roster spot this year. <laughs> but I think this is most about, hey, they're still learning and evaluating right now what these players are. And as much as they want to help these guys, they also have to do what's best for the team. And they felt like KJ Costello, as far as someone that could give the receivers good work and things like that was the best guy to do it. Well, and hey, you're not going to see Justin Herbert. You're not going to see uh, Chase Daniel. Right. You're not going to see Easton Stick because this is a rookie minicamp. Right. They still need a guy who's going to be able to throw the football to their skill wide receivers, facilitate. their running backs. Yeah, the, to facilitate practice. They want a guy who's going to be able to keep them sharp. And hey, this is an opportunity for him to put something on tape, to get in front of coaches, and if he has a good showing, coaches communicate. They talk in the NFL all the time. So if you put together a good performance, that can open up an opportunity for him, for K.J. Costello, maybe on another team. I mean, it might not be with the Chargers, but every time you get a chance to step on that football field, on a professional football field, is an opportunity for you to potentially earn a job later on. Well, let's be honest, injuries happen, right? So, I mean, now they have someone who, if something were to happen, you know, they can call. And I'm not even just talking about KJ Costello, but all of these guys that even if they end up getting cut, you've seen it before. They could be back on the roster if somebody goes down. They could get bumped up to the practice squad. There's a lot of things to gain in that sense. But, yeah, for KJ Costello, it's perfect for him, you know, trying to show what he has. And for the Chargers, he seemed like the best person to be able to get the most out of the other guys they were bringing into that rookie minicamp. But we did also get to hear and make some observations about a few of the Chargers' first draft picks like Rashawn Slater and just how goddamn big Joshua Palmer looked when we saw him without shoulder pads for the first Monster. time. Monster! Absolutely stacked. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that Nugenics, the number one free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, just text a draft to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increases energy and lean muscle mass. If you're over 40, don't let age get in the way. Get your edge back with Nugenics. Plus, if you text right now, they'll include a free bottle of the Nugenics Thermo, which is their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. All you have to do is text DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. I also need to tell you guys about Wealthfront. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth, 
and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor, and if you're doing it alone, you should be teaming up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. There's no manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower your taxes that you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fees. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free when you go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL. So to get your first $5,000 managed for free, guys, just make sure you go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNFL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL to get started today. All right, well, it's time to get back to our rookie minicamp observations. And, of course, when you show up to these things, David, like the eyes are going to be on certain players, right? And in this case, all of the eyes, for the most part, were on Rashawn Slater, who is already at this young age been tasked with being the savior for the Chargers at left tackle. And Asante Samuel Jr., who's going to be taking over for a real crowd favorite and one of the best free agent signings that the Chargers have ever seen in Casey Hayward Jr. No question. There's a lot of really big expectations, right? And from a first glance, I think we saw some things from these guys, especially with Rashawn Slater. And Brandon Staley talked about just, you know, what he thought about Rashawn Slater, talking about basically his explosiveness. And that was one of the things that we saw, David, just in the short videos that we got to see coming from Ricky Camp was just the fact that he looks fast as hell. I mean, his feet look lightning fast. Everything you see on tape, I mean, he almost even looks faster than that. You can tell he's been working and all those things. But maybe something that was more encouraging was what he wasn't doing physically. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Daniel. I mean, he's already giving pointers to other rookie tackles in rookie minicamp. So it just goes to show you his his competitiveness, his leadership that he's already trying to display. He's a rookie. He just got drafted. He just joined the team. And he already has the confidence in his ability and his technicality and his technical application to teach that to other rookies. I mean, that kind of spirit is awesome to see for Rashawn Slater. And, you know, he even admitted that there's a couple things that he learned, like, you know, some footwork things that, you know, they taught him that the coaches said, hey, you know, you're doing that wrong. We need you to correct that. But he said, hey, one of my best attributes is the ability to receive feedback and then use that and and weaponize that and and correct and make those corrections on the spot so the fact that he can take that criticism and also the fact that he can go out there and teach other players and get them better just shows the kind of character that this guy has he's a guy that when you hear him talk he's very easy to root for seems like a pretty easy going guy and still kind of has that inner fire to be able to bury somebody in front of him when he has to so i think that's kind of the perfect temperament that you're looking for in an offensive lineman, unless it's just like outrageously crazy, like a Quentin Nelson, like that's fine too. Absolutely. (laughs) Like he just actually wants to just eat people's faces off. And I think with Rashawn Slater, those moments are few and far between, but he has that competitive fire. And I think you will see it when he starts playing for the chargers. But a couple of the other things that were interesting was just, we talked about it leading into this Josh Palmer. I mean, getting to see that dude with no shoulder pads on, 
I knew he played bigger, you know, than he actually was, but maybe not because he's actually huge. He might not show up that way, you know, as far as his height goes, but that dude is rocked up. I mean, just absolutely chiseled. I think he is a perfect fit for the Chargers on the outside. And the other thing was, David, was just him and Asante Samuel Jr. going out at a practice. These are two guys who were high school teammates at St. Thomas Aquinas in Florida. Now they come full circle and make it back to the same NFL team the chances would have it. And those two dudes stayed after practice and continued working on their craft. Josh Palmer said it's iron sharpening iron. That's something that you love to see. And yes, I agree with you. I mean, when I first saw this guy, I was like, holy hell, who who is that? That's Josh Palmer? I mean, that guy looks impressive. I mean... He definitely looks the part, 100%. And the fact that he and Asante Samuel Jr. are going back to their high school days where that program at St. Thomas Aquinas, for by all accounts, is an a NFL program at the high school level. Yeah. I mean, they've churned out so many NFL players. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, if I'm a high school coach from another place around the country, I'm going to that place, and I'm just sitting there taking notes. Like, how do they do this? How do they conduct their programs? And I'm trying to steal as much of that as possible, and I'm taking that back with me because they are obviously doing something right. It's either that or there's something in the water over there in Florida. But, I mean, the fact that they're bringing that competitive spirit and they're showcasing that at rookie minicamp goes to show you that these guys are truly in it to try to get better, that 1% better every single day that Asante Samuel Jr. was talking about in his press conferences. But that competitive nature, I think we're going to be seeing that all throughout. These guys are in the same class. So it's going to be really awesome to see these guys grow together going forward. Yeah, and I mean, Florida is a hotbed for NFL talent, right? I mean, so many Floridians and Asante Samuel Jr. kind of crowned Joshua Palmer, a, you know, honorary Floridian because of his time he spent (laughs) with him in high school. And that's a big honor knowing a lot of the guys that came around those same areas. But honorary because he's he's from Canada, honorary because he's from Canada. Yes, that's a very good point. Or else, you know, he just would be a Floridian. But anyways, I would say, too, that it's a good matchup for those two dudes. Like for Asante Samuel Jr., you get to go up against a bigger receiver. Yeah, he's not 6'5", but the dude plays like a big receiver great at high-pointing the football, just great at route separation down the field and tracking the ball. Those are things Asante Samuel Jr. does well, too, but those are going to be a really, really close matchup between those two guys just because what their strengths are, and I absolutely think that will make them better because it is such a good matchup, and those guys are very big competitors, so that'll be very fun to watch going forward, and I think as far as this rookie minicamp goes, you're not going to get who is going to start coming out of camp from the rookie minicamp. Like we said, you're not going to be able to tell a lot of things that you'll be able to tell potentially at training camp. But the one thing you do get out of this, David, is first impressions. Because no matter what, no matter how far you try to get them out of your head, first impressions these coaches are going to remember. Absolutely, no question about it. I mean, the draft picks, they probably have a little bit more security, especially the early round guys. But First impressions are always important. I think you want to just solidify the those opinions, those evaluations that the coaches and the organization had of you going in. And also you want to say, hey, I mean, I know I had some deficiencies because all these guys have deficiencies, but I went out and I tried to work on them. This is their first opportunity to showcase that they're working on those problems and, and those areas to improve in their game. But the undrafted guys, I think anytime you get a chance to get on the field, like I said with KJ Costello, them especially, you want to take every opportunity to show what you can do because 
the impressions that you make are going to be what gets you another job in the NFL. So they really have to take each and every opportunity in front of coaches very, very seriously. Yeah, because we do focus on the big-named rookies that we've talked about, but realistically, this is much bigger personally for those undrafted guys, for the fringe roster guys. This is where they can kind of make their mark a little bit, and like we talked about, they're not going to be able to do it physically by just pure aggression or anything like that. They have to show that they're coachable. They have to show that they showed up to camp in shape, and like David said, that they're coming in a better player than what they were when these coaches last saw them on tape, right? And I think that is a big part of it as well, and this is their first chance to kind of showcase that. But very fun just to see a little bit inside Brandon Staley and this new coaching staff's process and also getting our first look, especially at some of the big-named rookies that we got to see over the weekend. But we were talking about the schedule last week, and we're going to continue that next. We talked about some heart attack games. We talked about the toughest and easiest matchups for the Chargers in 2021 as we see it now. Now, in the next segment, we're going to be getting into the must-watch matchup for the Chargers in 2021. And we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at BetOnline. Right now, guys, if you guys want to do some NFL future bets, that's where I've been placing most of my money. You might not believe this, but right now the Denver Broncos have a better odds to win the AFC West than the Chargers do. So I think that would be an interesting bet. I think they're plus 600 right now and the Broncos are plus 400. Maybe they think they're getting Aaron Rodgers something. I don't get it, but seems like a good opportunity to potentially bet on the Chargers there, even though the Kansas City Chiefs are the obvious favorites. Bet online is the only place I'm placing all of these bets. And you guys can get in on the action too and stop sitting on the sidelines by heading to the website or using your mobile device to sign up today and receiving a free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you enter the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word for a 50% welcome bonus only at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, David, well, last week we spent our time going over the toughest stretches for the Chargers in 2021. We both agreed it was early on in the season, and we you know talked about some different teams as far as matchups and who was the toughest and easiest, like, The Chiefs are obviously tough. The Steelers will probably be a heart attack game because of how those games have ended. All of those things. And, you know, the Eagles and the Texans are probably two of the easiest games as we're predicting them now for the Chargers as we see it. But the Athletic took all of their beat writers and figured out what the must-watch game for the Chargers was this season and the rest of the NFL teams. And for the Athletic, obviously, it's Daniel Popper, one of our favorite recurring guests and a guy that, you know, does a really good job on the Chargers beat. And he picked the Kansas City Chiefs week three as his must-watch matchup for the season, David. I like that pick. I mean, how could you not? Last time it was Mahomes versus Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert had literally no time to prepare. He had no idea he was going in there and still went in there and dazzled in his first NFL start. So now the, the playing fields are a little bit more level. I mean, we know Justin Herbert's the guy coming in. He's going to have all the time. He's going to take all the reps in training camp and offseason. And in the first games, we know he's going to be prepared this time. So we also get to see Brandon Staley and what his offense and his defense is going to look like. Going up against the Chiefs, who are still the class of the division. But any time the Chargers and Chiefs go at it, we know it's going to be a competitive game to watch. And I definitely am excited. I definitely agree. This is one of those games that you can't miss. And yeah, he mentioned the fact that he didn't really have a good chance to go up against the Chiefs last year when he got put in last second 
with the Tyrod Taylor incident. But one of the things that I kind of take away from this matchup is the Brandon Staley versus the Patrick Mahomes matchup, right? Because with Gus Bradley, say what you will about him. Yeah. His defense kept the Chargers competitive in games against the Kansas City Chiefs, right? I mean, some of the lowest scoring outputs that we've seen from Patrick Mahomes in his career came against that cover three Chargers defense. And with Brandon Staley, I think people get carried away with the man zone part of it because he is going to run a ton of zone too. I mean, he's not just a man-to-man across the board kind of guy, and that's a very hard coverage to run against the Kansas City Chiefs. But I do think it could be somewhat similar to what you saw from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who ran some two high safety split safety looks. So we all know that when Brandon Staley got hired, one of the first questions asked from him was, what did you tell them your plan was to defeating the Kansas City Chiefs? Because that's the obvious juggernaut on top of the hill. That's the point that you're aiming at to try to get farther and make it to a Super Bowl. You got to get past the team that's been in it and won one of them the last two years. So I think that's another thing, David, is just Brandon Staley getting his first chance with this defense and, you know, replacing some big pieces going up against that high powered offense. No question about it. I mean, Brandon Staley ran one of the best defenses in the NFL, the number one ranked defense in the NFL with the Rams last year. So we know that his processes work. We know that he gets results and we know that he gets more out of players that you don't necessarily expect. We need that to happen with the Chargers defense. There's many guys on this defense that need to develop and they need to get more out of. And if he's able to do that, I think they have some guys that can challenge the Chiefs and make it more difficult for them. I mean, if he can create that chaos and that stress like he says he wants to do, I think it's going to be a really, really good matchup to watch. Yeah, and one of the other interesting things I saw on this list was just the Chargers were not anyone else's must-see matchup, right? Which I think just tells you as far as the narrative behind them, they're not at the level that these other teams are at this point as far as what other teams and other people think of them. They're not the must-see matchup yet. And they'll have to prove it, right? And I think this is a year where they can do that because you're seeing the Chiefs and the Buccaneers be the biggest matchup for a lot of these teams in a lot of these cases. But, David, if you were to disagree with our dear friend Daniel Popper and pick a different game as your must-see matchup for 2021, where would you go? So I actually kind of have a pod of games. I mean, just two back-to-back for me, and it's the Browns and the Ravens. Those two games, to me, I think are measuring stick games because those are two teams in the AFC that I think are going to be there at the end of the year. Those are teams that you're going to have to see how you play up against because if you're doing well towards the end of the season, you very well could see them in the playoffs. So playing against them well, like competitively and really trying to go out there and get W's against against those two teams, I think are going to be really important. Those are going to be can't-miss games because you really got to see where you're at in the AFC. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I went with a different direction for it, but I think the other part of those two games you're talking about is are you the physical team that Brandon Staley says he wants to be? Being bigger and stronger and badder than the team across from you is something that he's kind of implied that he wants to see. The AFC North is usually the most rugged division there is, right? There are a lot of good defenses, a lot of good individual defenders and good teams over there. It's just a cold weather, smash mouth brand of football in the AFC North, maybe with the exception of the Bengals for the most part. But believe it or not, the Bengals are my must-see matchup for the 2021 season. And I just went a different direction with it. And I think the biggest thing here is 
Herbert versus Joe Burrow. This is the matchup that we were robbed of in 2020 with Tyrod Taylor starting week one against the Cincinnati Bengals in 2020. Now we get to see the guy who was the number one overall pick and the guy he's always going to be compared to the best rookie that we've ever seen potentially in Justin Herbert. Obviously, there might be a chip on the shoulder there with Joe Burrow not getting to complete his season because he was on a pretty good trajectory to have a pretty special rookie season as well. I feel like at this point, Tua can change a lot of things. The narrative from this quarterback class is going to be Justin Herbert versus Joe Burrow this season. Maybe Tua gets back in the conversation, but right now, David, that's where my eyes are at. Joe Burrow versus Justin Herbert, you know, I think that's another one that I'm excited to watch it. I think there's, you know, a case for Justin Jefferson versus Justin Herbert, right, too. That was another one for me. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a good one. I mean, that was a competitive battle for that rookie of the year, and Justin Jefferson has already shown he's a special receiver, and I think we kind of knew he was going to do some of those things, but not all of them coming out. But those are the other matchups I'm looking for because I'm that's just an exciting storyline to follow. The other thing is, is the Bengals decided to take a wide receiver, right? The Chargers ended up deciding to protect Justin Herbert with a left tackle, and that's been a storyline too. So that's a, a matchup that even though on paper for two teams that finished sub 500 in 2020, I think is a really fun matchup for 2021. And again, that I'm really excited to watch. But we'll have more schedule talk for you guys later on in the week because I do also want to get into what it's going to be like playing against the NFC East, the Cowboys, the Washington football team, the Eagles, as well as playing all of those teams in the AFC North that we talked about. I mean, that will be a measuring stick division, so to speak, because that is how I see it, the more talented of the two divisions that the Chargers will be playing outside of the AFC West this season. So that will be fun. And I also want to get into Michael Peterson from Bolts from the Blue got into projecting a very early 53-man roster. Some surprise cuts were on there, so maybe we'll get into that later on in the week. But until then, make sure you guys follow the show wherever you get your podcasts from. I know there's been some issues with Apple Podcasts, but you can find us pretty much anywhere. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, the new Odyssey app. If you want to find us, you can find us wherever you get your podcast from. And if you guys would rate and review if you like the show, we would very much appreciate it. As far as social media goes, you can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC. You can also follow us individually. I am at DanTalkSports. David is at DroTalkSD, even though he lives in Texas. We always put out Chargers content on there, and we're always happy to follow you guys. Always coming with, with the you shots, Daniel. Twitter. I love to do it at the end of the show. Those who stick around are the real ones that get to hear it. But we also have a new Instagram page. You can find at Locked On Chargers as well as a Facebook page, Locked On Chargers. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. We also want to do some voicemails this week. If you want to call into that, the number is 323-524-7924. We promise to get into some of those soon. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.